This is the voice of the Report of the Week, signing on. So, I bet the sound on my end is going to be a little bit iffy. I'm in a slightly different setup, and I figure, you know, in post-production, as they say, I could always just adjust things, I can edit the sound, so I'm sorry if it's if I sound like I'm a little further away from the microphone than usual, because I am, and uh, just kind of making uh, making the most of, of uh, what I've got with the setup I'm using, but anyway, I don't think it should be too big of an issue, but just getting the elephant out of the room. So... Right now it is Friday the 30th of September, 2022, and I wanted to give a few thoughts on Hurricane Ian, my experience, and that'll be that. Now, I don't want to be one of those people that, you know, kind of sits there and and makes the situation all about them, because you get that a lot these days. You get people... Uh, who are very self-centered, and it's like... A lot of people, understandably, are going through a lot right now. But you get some people who get a minimal impact, you know, something... It's not really the end of the world in their case, but... They'll make it seem that way. And... Forget everyone else about me, 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 etc., etc. So, I don't want to take that approach. I just want to share what I witnessed while understanding that my impact isn't anywhere near as bad as what a lot of other folks got. So, most importantly, everything's all right on my end. Thankfully, I avoided flooding. I avoided wind damage. I avoided structural damage. It did deal with power and internet outages. Internet is still out on my end, so I'm kind of just recording this, and, you know, I'll just get it up when I get it up. But I wanted to get to the microphone regardless while the thoughts are still in my head. But I'll tell you this. I got off lucky. Areas not even a mile from me, I guarantee a lot of buildings are going to be destroyed because the water damage is that substantial uh, that they're going to be a total loss. It is amazing to me the difference that even a short distance makes. So those substantial impacts in terms of the flooding that you probably heard about on the news, it's not like that's far away from me. These are places that I drive past. These are places that I go to uh, that are totally underwater. So taking into consideration that, the impact even just in my area, the bullet I dodged It was close, all right. And, you know, I dodged that bullet, but... Boy, it sure came close. So this... 
I, like I said, for everyone, the impacts are different person to person, but for a lot of folks in Southwest Florida and Central Florida, this is a real disaster. Now, call me pessimistic, but I understand, because you see this a lot, and this is just how people are. It goes for anything. It's not just hurricanes. It goes for earthquakes and wildfires and big blizzards, you name it. That unless you're in the area that's been directly impacted, unless you're there in ground zero, or unless it's something so cataclysmic that it goes beyond anything we've seen before, the people who aren't impacted by it, their attention will be on it for a little bit, and then they'll, they'll move on, and they'll focus on something else. And I can't really... I can't get upset about that. It's just how people are. It's just, it's just the way humanity is. Something I think we're all guilty of. Because, you know, the world is a busy place. A lot happens. So, it's only natural for the folks who aren't impacted for the folks where this hasn't any bearing on their lives to, you know, eventually just shift their eyes elsewhere. And it's just the way that it is. Uh, it's something I think that we all understand. Sometimes I'll see people who are impacted by one disaster or another, and they'll say, why isn't anyone focusing on this? It's it's not necessarily that it has anything to do with you. It's It just goes for how people are in general. And, uh, I take it that it's going to be similar to, similar to that. However, I wouldn't be surprised if this disaster stays in the news a bit longer, because the areas impacted are very high population areas. It's not like they were just small beachside towns exclusively. But uh, these were major, major populated areas ravaged by this thing, so it'll probably stay in the news a bit longer because of that, but, you know, it is what it is. But anyway. So, I'm not, I'm, I'm just trying to say, I'm not going to sit here going on one of those rants, oh, why aren't you caring about this or that? It's just how, how folks are. But, the impacts vary... Greatly, but like I said, in southwest Florida, there's catastrophic destruction from a storm surge, which the only way you could describe it, think of a tsunami, that's the closest visualization you could imagine. Think of a tsunami coming in, and think of the destructive power those have. That's that's like how it was in southwest Florida in some areas. Ocean just rushing in and destroying anything it comes in contact with. Adding to that, I will make a bold statement, but this is, I have a feeling that this hurricane, it's going to get bumped up in the postseason as they analyze it more. It's going to get bumped up to a category five. The thing made landfall one mile per hour short of being a five. When you're talking a one mile per hour difference, it, it, it doesn't really matter in the end. It pretty much 
hit as a Category 5 hurricane with wind in the 150-mile-per-hour range, gusts much higher, and then it just barreled inland through south-central Florida, uh, then it passed through central Florida, where the wind speed diminished, but the rain, boy, that just was crazy, before eventually exiting the east coast and then hitting the uh, Carolinas. It's a storm that Regardless of how long it stays in the news cycle for, it's a storm that I think folks in Florida are never going to forget. I know it's a storm I'm never going to forget. And I'll say this, uh, this was the worst storm that I've ever experienced. However, you might say, so does that change your your thoughts on Florida, you know? Are you going to leave now? Are you done with that? No. Uh, if anything, it's just uh, silly it may sound. It's just the truth. It's kind of increased my conviction. And I'm here to stay. I'm not going anywhere. I'm digging my heels in. And, uh, you know, this is, this is my state. I am, I'm here to stay. I guess I'll just share the loose thoughts on my mind, and then that'll be that. Like I said, I dodged a bullet. Could have been so much worse. I'm alright. My house is alright. Property's alright. Family's alright. All the important stuff, that... It's, it's alright. The community, the city, the state, it's... It has taken a hard hit, but I guarantee, mark my words, uh, Florida is going to bounce back from this, and it's going to bounce back, I think, sooner than people think. I really don't care what people say. I know that it's popular to hate on Florida these days, and if, you lo- if, if I lose you as a listener for saying this, I mean, it is what it is. I stand by what I say. In my opinion... Florida is a strong state. And I think when it comes down to natural disasters, Florida has its act together, and they handle it as best they possibly can. The people here, in my opinion, are very strong-willed. And people are how they are, but... You know, those good folks that are still out there, they they really shined through during times like this. And I think the state government is doing a good job. I think the local government is doing a good job. Federal government is stepping in where they are. But all in all, all the powers that be are really coming together, doing whatever they can. And the few good folks left in the communities, like I said, they're really uh, shining through in times like this. And I think, as I see it, that willpower is evident. And this state will recover, it will bounce back. Mark my words, it will. Some people don't want to see that, they play politics with this, and just how people are. But... 
whether people like it or not. That's how I see it. I see the resources at play. I see people helping each other. Everything coming together as best it can. There's a major recovery effort at hand right now. And I'm witnessing it in real time. And that's good to see. That's good to see. Because some people, they really, they need all the help they can get. I first heard about this storm a few days before it was actually in the news. I'm not a meteorologist, uh, nor do I claim to be one, but I have an interest in weather that I would say extends beyond, you know, the, the, the interest or understanding that mo most folks have. So I'm familiar in terms of weather, like I said, not to the extent that a professional meteorologist is, but I am familiar with the technicalities and the processes at hand, the weather models, the forecasts, all of that stuff are definitely at a greater level than perhaps the average person. And I have a keen interest, especially in tropical weather. So that's really my, my strong spot in that regard. And I was checking the long-range forecast models, I would say, about a week ago from last Monday. So maybe it was, oh, maybe it was like September 19th, September 20th or so. And the long range tropical weather models are very unpredictable and they're very unreliable. So when you see these long range forecasts, you can't really take them too seriously, but they are a good way to begin to look for trends. And I remember looking at the long-range models, and I was seeing the GFS model, the Euro model, I think also the German model. A number of these long-range forecasts were showing at the tail end a strong hurricane hitting Florida. And like I said, the way these models work generally is that they're not very reliable. You don't really take them seriously, but they're good for trends. And when I saw model after model after model showing something hitting the state, that caught my attention. Because when you see that consistency, usually you can't use this as any sort of basis as for track or strength, but usually it will give you a good answer to whether something will form. When I saw that, I thought, huh, I can't say I like what I see. But these are showing something and it's not stopping. I thought, if this winds up being something, I want to be ready for it. I want to get what I need before this gets in the news. And if it winds up being nothing, at least I'll be ready for the next thing that happens. And at some point, I'll wind up using all this stuff anyway. So about 10 to 12 days before the, the storm hit, I already went to the stores and I stocked up on anything I needed. 
I went over my, my lists. I always like to stay prepared. I might not be a hardcore prepper, but I do, I do take preparedness seriously. And I went through my list, and anything that I needed, I got at that point in time. So I was stocked up before it even made the news. And sure enough, as the forecasts progressed, it became more and more evident that yes, this is going to be something. The model runs for the longest time, uh, they did get it wrong uh, very badly. Up until the end, you had so many models that were adamant that this storm was going to go up the west coast of Florida and maybe even hit the panhandle, hit the Big Bend area of Florida. It would be a north, it would be a west Florida and then northwest, north central Florida event. Not a southwest and not a central Florida event. The models got it wrong. They, they veered too much to the west. And they were adamant on that till the last minute. And likewise, the models, they underplayed the intensity. And that's a problem. But it just goes to show we could have fancy technology, we could have satellites, we could have computers, but do we know everything? No, we don't. And we cannot forget that. People like to think we do because, oh, it's 2022, yeah. We know so little at this point, it's astounding. We've advanced, but to think, to think we know everything is, is beyond ignorant, in my opinion. Problem is that the models were so confident that this was going to hit Tampa Bay, that when the forecast changed at the last minute, a lot of folks didn't have the time to prepare because everyone was being told it was going to hit further north by a long shot than it did. And they were told it was going to hit as a weaker storm than it did. Because they thought it was going to veer to the west. And if it stayed to the west, it would be hit by this wind shear that helps break up tropical systems. And they thought, all right, it's going to stay to the west. It's going to get impacted by this wind shear. Storm surge is going to be an issue, but by the time it gets to the Tampa area, it's going to be a one. And it's going to ride up the coast as a tropical storm. And the flooding's going to be a concern, but it's going to be all right. But if you're on, you know, and you're in Tampa Bay, you got to evacuate. Maybe go south because it's going to hit to the north, so southwest Florida will be safe. Instead, what really happened? The storm stayed to the south, it stayed to the east. It avoided the wind shear, and it hit southwest Florida as a pretty much a five, as strong as it gets. And, uh, yeah, the models, they definitely had their shortcomings. So, like I said, the models definitely had their issues, but hopefully this will just be an experience that, you know, meteorologists will study and uh, realize, all right, what didn't we take into account, and then, you know, improve the forecasts and the system going forward. So, onto the storm itself, I started thinking that this is going to really be something, because again, the forecast kept downplaying it a bit, but when it was nearing Cuba, western Cuba, and I saw this thing just exploding in intensity, 
And by the time it was making landfall in Cuba, I thought, this thing is looking really good. This is a major hurricane. And after it crossed Cuba, and then it was just exploding, I thought, wherever this hits, this is going to hit hard. And I was watching the satellite, and I remember it was going definitely northeast. They said it was going to be going due north, but I saw it going north, uh, east to northeast. And that's when I realized, yeah, this thing is going to slam into southwest Florida. And I hope that they are ready and that they're as ready as can be. So in the days preceding it, I was as ready as can be. I wasn't really stressed out. Um, I'd say I, I stayed, I kept my cool for the duration. And I accepted with the storm... It's out of my hands. I've done what I can. I can't influence anything at this point. I can't make it do anything. I've done all I can. And I accept that the impact is going to be what it is. The biggest threat when it comes down to storms and evacuating is the storm surge. And I am not in an area that gets the storm surge, so that's why I don't evacuate, uh, really, for storms. So I rode this out, and I'm glad I did, because that way I was able to have the peace of mind. I could assess everything as the storm was happening. So it wasn't any of the worries. Is the house all right? Is the house flooded? Is it destroyed? Etc. I was able to check as it was happening. It got cloudy very early in the week, around Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday. The main impact was Thursday, but by Wednesday, Wednesday evening, it started drizzling. There are all these tornadoes sweeping through South Florida, and the outermost bands were hitting. I made any final preparations around midnight Thursday, and then around 6 a.m. on Thursday, I got as much rest as I could. I woke up at around 2 p.m. Thursday, and at that point I knew I was going to be awake for the duration. And that's when I saw the video of the landfall uh, hitting the Fort Myers area, and that's when I saw they're getting slammed. Whiteout conditions from the rain. It was like a tsunami coming in with the storm surge. But like I said, I accepted this is going to be what it is for me. It's going to be as strong as it is when it hits me. The impact is going to be what it is. There's nothing I can do at this point. It's out of my hands. I accept fate. And through the day, through the evening, the conditions progressively and gradually worsened. When hurricanes go inland, they weaken rapidly because they, they need the water to survive, but when it's a really powerful storm, it's not like it's just going to go from a Category 5 hurricane to nothing just in a minute. 
it's going to take a while for it to lose momentum. So by the time it was, you know, 50-something miles inland, it was still a Category 3 hurricane with, you know, 120-mile-per-hour winds. And as Thursday progressed by Thursday evening, the rain was just continuing to increase and increase. It was like turning a faucet on, and you're just gradually, very slowly, right, turning the faucet, and the flow of water is just getting progressively heavier and heavier and heavier. And the wind as well, where the wind speed is continuous, but it just gradually gets higher and higher and higher. And it's just the slow but steady progress. You'll notice it, but it just seems, like I said, a very gradual thing because it's a long-duration event. The worst of the storm hit in two rounds, I would say. The first part of the storm that was worst was around 9 p.m. Thursday evening. And that was because even though the storm was much farther away from me, it was a much stronger storm still, right? Because even if it was like a hundred something miles to the south of me, the eye of it, the thing was still a category three hurricane. So even those outer bands are going to be much stronger because it's still a very powerful storm. So around 9 p.m. Thursday evening, that's when the wind and rain picked up significantly at first. And, you know, the way you describe the rain, it's just like a torrential downpour. It's like, if you've gone through a severe thunderstorm, you know that when the storm is at its peak, and it's just raining like crazy, and you know, when you look out the window and it almost looks just kind of like white outside, you see the sheets of rain coming down and they're blowing around, and it's like you're standing under a under a shower, pretty much, right? That's how the rain was. And it was just pouring that way continuously, though. That's the thing, it wasn't stopping. But then the wind... So that's when some really strong winds started coming through, where the wind was already this continuous roar, just this low-pitched uh, roar. But then you'd have the real higher-pitched gusts, you know, where they go... It was like these high-pitched uh, whizzes of the wind going by would be, you know, just you'd get those real strong gusts and it would feel like everything would kind of shift a little bit with that, that wind. And those were definitely those strong, probably 80-mile-per-hour gusts at that point. Interestingly, the power outages were really starting then, my power flickered a few times during that uh, point in the storm, but it stayed on, as did the internet. The wind stabilized a bit at around 10, 11 p.m., but you were still getting these crazy gusts, but it wasn't as crazy as it was a few hours earlier, but the amount of rain, it did not let up. And I was checking the water levels continually, Thankfully, because I have that lake nearby, and the lake is much lower than me, the water was able to drain into there as opposed to 
overflowing and coming into the house. So that was good. All right, as the storm was heading inland, it was continuing to decrease in intensity. The eye wound up passing about 30 miles to the south of me, 30 to 40 miles to the south of me, at around 2 a.m., and it was around a Category 2 hurricane, maybe on the verge of being a 1. I definitely did experience hurricane conditions, though, I will say that, and that's when it picked up again, uh, because at that point, at around 2 a.m., that's when the eye wall remnants reached me, and the wind really ramped up again, and that's when the wind really got crazy, where it just increased and increased to a point where you almost get used to it, in a sense, because it's just so constant. It just doesn't cease. So it's like you can't really even get stressed out about the wind at this point, because there's so much of it. And it's like, look, it's going to be what it is. Whatever happens, happens. But the rain was blowing in with that wind, and it was just slapping the, the windows, slapping the side of the house, just totally torrential. And that's when some of those gusts... I think they said that some of the airports recorded gusts at least into the 90s. I believe it, because with some of those really strong gusts, that's when the power did go out. That's when the internet went out. So, I had these lanterns, these, like, camping LED lanterns. I lit those up, turned the radio on, and that's when they started reporting the locations even near me. They said the water is just coming in like crazy. So at this point, everything had kind of reached critical mass, so to speak. There's the, too much rain, too much water, no place uh, for it to go. Lakes and rivers were overflowing, so that's when... That sort of flooding, it's just, it happens everywhere, and it happens quickly. So by around 3 a.m., the rain was still pouring down, wind was still raging, and that's when I was hearing on the radio, they were saying, uh, we're over here, we're seeing these... There's water feet high, uh, right here in the central Florida area. And you're getting flash flooding... Uh, places are just turning into lakes and rivers, and uh, uh, brace yourselves because uh, every, everywhere is flooding right now. And these are areas even just a, a mile or two from me. So, had the AM radio on, and I kept checking uh, the doors especially, but the way everything is, the water was flowing down into that lake, and because it was so... there were probably ten feet of difference between where the lake is and me, everything was able to drain into there, thankfully. So the, the area was built up nicely, well-constructed, but I kept checking to make sure. And by around 4 or 5 a.m., the flooding was only getting worse, but they said that the worst of it is beginning to pass by conditions will slowly improve, but I kept checking water levels, and I thought, all right, I think I'll be, I think I'm going to be all right. The water has places to drain. It's still draining. There's still the ways to go. 
so I think I'll be all right. So I was listening to the AM radio, and they kept reporting on the flooding that the low-lying areas was just getting really crazy, but I thought, I think I'm going to be in the clear. I think I'm going to be all right. So finally, toward daybreak, I was mentally, physically exhausted. The worst of the wind was subsiding. I kept checking the water. There wasn't any water flooding inside, so I took a nap. I woke up around noon. It was still raining, but it wasn't raining as heavily. At that point, I saw that the eye had passed offshore. And I was able to assess damage. And like I said, thankfully, because of the, the layout of things, because of these lakes, that I also hadn't gotten any rain for about two weeks, so the water table in my area was naturally lower, and that was just pure luck, and that helped enormously. So everything was able to absorb and drain into these areas, and I did a damage assessment, tons and tons of downed branches, you know, power and internet out, but... The house was all right, there wasn't any flooding, no downed trees, checked in with family, they're doing all right. So, that's what, that's what matters most. I wound up getting between 15 and 20 inches of rain. And... Factoring in the precipitation, the wind speed, all of that, it was definitely a full-blown hurricane impact for me. And this is definitely the worst storm I've ever been in, easily. Irma was pretty crazy, but it was short-lived, and the wind speed had nothing on this nor did the torrential rainfall. Hurricane Sandy back in 2012 again, the wind was pretty high, but it just, the rain, there, there really wasn't much of it. It just, again, it had nothing on this. This was easily uh, the strongest hurricane I've been in, but I weathered the storm and I'm glad I prepared as I did. I'm also thankful to see the media coverage that this got. That there were, at the peak, about, you know, 2.5 to 3 million people without power. So those folks are all going to be listening to the radio for news, uh, by and large. And I'm glad that the radio still came in handy. All the AM and FM stations dropped their regular programming. They realized, look, letting all the people out there listening in on emergency radios, portable radios, hand crank radios, they need to know what's going on. And that's more important than the top 40 music or the sports news or your political drivel, etc., and I'm glad that they, they dropped all that stuff and they were doing 24-7 coverage, letting people know what's flooding, where the storm is, how the wind speed is, when things are going to get better. Uh, they were taking phone calls from people all over the state, 
sharing their experiences, which I think helps on an emotional level because people, you know, are scared, they're stressed out. And knowing that other people are going through this too, maybe it doesn't make things better, but it does provide a bit of solace, at least in knowing I'm not alone in this. And I think that really does help. So I was just really glad to see that you know, because the FM stations, their coverage area is limited, they could get knocked out easier, the AM stations cover the whole state. So you could have listeners down in Fort Myers tuned in, uh, listeners up in Daytona Beach tuned in. They could all be listening to the same station, and that's when that coverage area really comes in handy. So I was listening to... I want to give a shout-out to the stations I think that did a good job, but... Uh, WFLF, they did a great job. Excellent job. 580 AM, WDBO, they did another excellent job. Uh, 660 AM, I forget their call sign, they did good. 970 AM, WFLA, they did an excellent job. Uh, As well as some other stations too, I think 860 AM, 1010 AM, 740 AM, and... uh, a few others. I think there might have been 7.60 a.m. too. Uh, They all just did an outstanding job with the coverage, and I'm so thankful, and I know many, many listeners are too, even if they haven't the ability to to kind of uh, voice their, their gratitude. It was just very nice to see, even in 2022, all these stations came together and they realized It might be the age of internet and smartphones and social media, but times like this, this is when the old school technology, you know, AM radio and all of that comes back in handy. And I'm so thankful that they've realized that. Florida does a good job with radio. There have been times where I'll see storms hitting elsewhere that it's like they all forget radio existed and they don't utilize it, but here in Florida... I'm so thankful that they still do. They were promoting radio. They were saying before the storm, please have a portable radio. Make sure you have batteries in your radio. Make sure that it's it's ready um, because you're going to need it. So I'm so I'm so glad that they still promoted it because this is when it matters most. And I would give them an A plus for their coverage and the utilization of this radio, uh, this means of communication. Usually I'm pessimistic with it, but this time I only have praises for them. Uh, But like I said, after the storm, you know, power crews are doing their best. I did get power restored. Internet is still out, but I did get power restored, thankfully. And I dodged a bullet, but seeing the video... Southwest Florida, so much of that that area has been destroyed. Like I said, it's like... I've been researching tsunamis very vigorously lately. And seeing the aftermath in some of those areas, it's only comparable to looking at the aftermath of that. All these buildings are just like piles of, of wood at this point, just like matchsticks lay in there. Total destruction along the coast. Uh, inland, the tree damage, you know, the, the 
the rural communities inland, they still got major hurricane impacts, massive flooding. Uh, the Orlando area, the areas along the rivers and big lakes, uh, they got flooded out. You have these neighborhoods that look like islands at this point. The houses look like little islands, totally surrounded with water. You have people in Orlando with feet of standing water in their houses. There are areas near the rivers where there's water up to the rooftop levels in some houses. So some places got hit really bad. They were saying this is probably the worst flooding you're going to see in Central Florida, possibly in your entire life, uh, possibly as long as you live. They said this is a once in 200 year flood event. So this flooding that you're seeing, this might be the worst you're ever going to see in that area. Hopefully, obviously you don't know what the future holds, but unprecedented. You see this level of flooding, like I said, you see the water up to the roofs of some people's houses. You think, you, you think you'd expect that along the coast, but this is inland, hundred, well over a hundred miles. So these rivers, they just overflow their banks, the water has nowhere to go, so it's just going to start going up. But like I said, it's a bad hit. Uh, there's going to be lots of buildings, even in the central Florida area, that are going to have to get torn down. That the water damage, it's just going to make it a total loss. The insurance market is completely screwed. Uh, let me tell you that right now. It's going to collapse. But lots of places, the buildings that are remaining, some of them are just going to have to get demolished because the water damage, you know, once it happens, when you're in an area where there's feet standing water all around you and it doesn't drain away uh, the structure it's just some buildings as you know it's just going to be a total loss so it's a hard hit there's obviously loss of life uh, i guarantee they're only going to be finding more and more bodies over the coming days and uh, the death toll is definitely going to rise but Hopefully it's going to be one of those situations where you look at the devastation and then the loss of life doesn't necessarily correlate to it. Hopefully that's going to be the case, but uh, there's definitely a death toll and they're only going to be finding more bodies, sadly, as the days progress, but at least the event is over at this point. Now comes recovery. And like I said, from what I saw, a lot of people play politics with Florida. I get it. I know that's what this state does. And, you know, other parts of the country who have differing views, etc. You know, they kind of do tit-for-tat stuff. And, and, uh, and I get it. You know, these days it's a highly polarized country. And one team versus the other you have the good guys and the bad guys and depends on who's who depending on who you ask and one side wants to see the other side suffer etc it's just how people are so 
you've got all these people that, you know, they want to see Florida suffer. They, they want to see a certain impact. It's just how they are. You've seen what you saw. If you're one of those degenerates, revel in it. Enjoy your sadistic pleasure. What, what can I tell you? But something ever happens in your case, you're going to sit there crying for help, asking for everyone to come to your assistance. And you're going to talk about how it's so disgusting that other people don't have empathy and that they're lacking empathy. Well, don't be surprised if people sit there scoffing at you. We should be better than this because this is a time where we should be rising up. We should be putting the differences aside. We should be helping out each other. We should be saying, look, I might be this way, my neighbors might be that way, but in the end, this is when we need to come together as a community. We need to help each other out. I need to make sure that I need to check in with them, see how they're doing, make sure they're doing all right. This isn't the time to be laughing at people saying you get what you deserve, etc. And it's great that here in Florida, you're seeing that. You're seeing people coming together. You're seeing the state coming together. You know, you're seeing people on the right helping out people on the left, or vice versa. And that's outstanding. You have people thousands of miles away, unimpacted, who still sit there playing their game. And I shake my head, but in the end, you know, it just is what it is. I guess the only good thing is the evil people are making themselves known. And uh, now you can see the way people are. You know, the folks you want to stay the hell away from. And it's not like I want to be spiteful, you know? But when you see people... I still I still want to see people... I don't want to see people suffer. I don't want to see people die. I don't want to see people lose everything. I know if I were in these situations, I would try to the best of my ability to help those that I can no matter what. But I guess my frustration just comes from the reactions that I see, and then I just think, look, I'm not going to delve into that, I'm not going to devolve into that nonsense, but don't be surprised if something ever happens on your end if other folks give you a taste of your own medicine. Because the way the mind of the, you know, the narcissist works... I'm better than everyone else, but God forbid if something happens to me, I expect all the people that I've spent all my time demeaning and belittling and berating and verbally abusing, etc. People I've been spitting on to suddenly come in to my aid. And it's just an, ex an expectation, a given. But that's how these people are. So, regardless of what those people, you know, those evil people have to say, I see Florida coming together. I see the local governments 
really stepping in. I even see the state government really stepping in, the federal government stepping in. And the amount of resources I see here is astounding. So this state is going to bounce back. It's going to be a process. It's not going to be an overnight thing. Some areas are going to normalize quicker than others. And everything I see now tells me that despite the adversity we're going through right now, things will improve. I see it. I see the massive convoys going down the interstates to southwest Florida. Dozens and dozens of convoys of ambulances, linemen, military trucks. You have the State Guard, the National Guard, FEMA, volunteer organizations. You have all these guys with, you know, their airboats coming down to just try to help people in the floodwaters. Uh, you see trucks filled with gasoline, mobile generators, uh, trucks loaded with water and supplies and medical kits. You see all these helicopters flying in from the Coast Guard. And uh, all of this stuff. The resources are coming in. That's why I know that things are going to get better. It's a storm that I'm never going to forget. It's a hard hit. But in the end, I'm alright. My immediate vicinity is alright. Family's alright. And with the outpouring of support... I see. Florida really took a beating here, but it might take a while, but it's it's going to bounce back. That I know, that I feel, I sense it, I see it. So, and that's all that I really have to say about Hurricane Ian, my my thoughts and support, and I know it's it's just talk at this point from me, but it really goes out to those who got it way worse than I did. And it's heartbreaking to see, but just remember what I was saying. Things are going to get better. That's all that I have for you here on VORW.